Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of those who are blind and print-impaired. Materials or items read on AIRSLA are the copyrighted property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Thank you and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Airs LA. My name is Shane Masterson with your U.S. News and World Report. It is currently December 7th. Today we're going to be reading an article by Susan Milligan titled, uh, Seven Takeaways from the Georgia Runoff. Georgia voted to keep Senator Raphael Warnock in his job and to reject Republican Herschel Walker. The outcome has big implications for both parties. Let's get right into this. The 2022 midterms are finally over. After Georgians voted to keep incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock in his job and rejected political neophyte Herschel Walker. Some takeaways from the high-stakes, high-cost runoff election. Kamala Harris and Chuck Schumer get a break. With the Senate Democratic Caucus going to 51, marking just the third time in 88 years a Democratic president has picked up Senate seats in a midterm, Vice President Harris won't need to run to the Hill to cast tie-breaking votes, and that might give her more time to run for something else should President Biden decide not to seek re-election. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, New York Democrat, won't have to secure the votes of every single member of his caucus to get some legislation passed or nominations approved. All but two Democratic senators have more power. For two years, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Senator Kristen Sinema of Arizona have been king and queen of Capitol Hill, demanding changes in legislation that would have been quickly dismissed had their votes not been essential to passage. No more. Warnock's win means Schumer can afford to lose at least one Democratic vote on bills. No senator has a veto, Schumer wrote in a memo he sent Tuesday to the Progressive Change Campaign Committee. When you have 50 senators, any one senator can say, I'm not voting for it unless I get this, this, or this. With 51, we can go bolder and quicker to show Americans what Democrats stand for. Republicans will be a real minority with all its disadvantages. Even though Democrats technically have a majority in the 50-50 Senate, they are in a power-sharing pact with Republicans to acknowledge the even divide. For example, even though Democrats head committees, the parties still have equal numbers of members on committees. That means that on the Judiciary Committee, which approves judicial nominations, Republicans have procedural tools to hold up confirmations. With a narrow, absolute majority, Democrats next year will have numerical majorities on committees and will be able to approve judges and other nominees more smoothly. Expect to see a raft of court nominations from the Biden administration next year. Democrats have critical breathing room, especially if one of them stops breathing. One of the perpetual anxieties of having a 50-seat majority is that the Democrats could not afford to lose anyone, and if a, part, if a member died or resigned, there was no guarantee the lawmaker's replacement would be from the same party. In 46 states, the governor has the authority to name a replacement senator according to a summation by the Pew Research Center. In 11 of those states, there is some restriction, such as limiting the choice to recommendations made by the state legislator or the party of the departing senator. Currently, 10 Democratic senators are from six states, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Arizona, Ohio, and Montana, whose replacements would be selected by their state's Republican governors. Without any requirement, the replacement also be a Democrat. Montana's replacement would serve only until a special election is held. In West Virginia and Maryland, which now have a combined three Democratic senators, the GOP governor would be forced to choose from a list of nominees submitted by the departing senator's party. Maryland and Massachusetts elected Democratic governors who will take office next year, easing Democratic worries, but the extra seats occurred with Warnock's win makes the situation less dire still. The brand campaign worked for Trump, not so much for Walker. Former President Donald Trump made his uh, eponymous brand central to his presidential campaign, and it worked. The Trump name attracted voters who saw him, before lawsuits and criminal investigations indicated otherwise, as a successful businessman and celebrity. 
Walker, who had zero experience in politics or public policy, ran on his reputation as a beloved former University of Georgia and professional football star. Both men had scandals in their personal lives, with Trump allegations of sexual harassment and assault, with Walker charges of domestic abuse. Trump survived them for one election in 2016. Walker's troubles may well have turned off enough GOP voters to deny him the Senate seat. Georgia is not yet purple, but it's getting there. With Biden's razor-thin win in Georgia in 2020, the first time a Democrat won the state since 1992, Democrats started talking about Georgia as a purple state. That's not quite true yet. The Peach State still has a GOP-controlled legislature, and Republicans hold all statewide elected offices except the U.S. Senate seats. But Tuesday night's results showed that Democrats are making increasing gains in cities, especially in Atlanta and the Atlanta suburbs. Warnock even improved on his numbers from the November general election in those regions. In the Atlanta-area counties of Fulton, DeKalb, Rockdale, Douglas, Gwinnett, Newton, Henry, and Clayton, Warnock's lead was several percentage points higher in the runoff than in the November general election. Since those are vote-rich counties, they made up for minor losses Warnock experienced in deep red rural counties. Meanwhile, Cobb County, an Atlanta-area county that until recently was reliably Republican, grew more Democratic, delivering 60% of its votes to Warnock. He got 57% of Cobb County votes in November. Warnock also made gains in Fayette County, nearly flipping it from red to blue as the Democrats increased their control beyond the inner suburbs of Atlanta. The Democrat got 59.5% of the vote in Fayette, southwest of Atlanta, compared to the 47% he received in November. After yet another loss by a Trump-backed candidate, Republicans have yet another learning experience ahead of the next elections. In 2016, Senator Lindsey Graham, South Carolina Republican, warned of the impact Trump would have on the party. Quote, if we nominate Trump, we will get destroyed, and we will deserve it, Graham tweeted during the primary that year. He later came to embrace Trump, then say he was done with him after the January 6th insurrection, then re-embrace Trump and Walker. Graham appeared with Walker in TV interviews, looking somewhat like a, more like a babysitter than a campaign surrogate. And now, quote, Democrats have done a pretty good job of picking issues that motivate their base and that have wider support among the public, Graham told Politico. We need to be doing the same thing. I think a lot of people in the Republican Party don't see us doing it as emphatically as Democrats. It's an observation Schumer noted Wednesday morning as he revealed in his newly expanded majority the Democratic leader could actually endorse. Thank you so much for listening to Airs LA. Again, it is December 7th. Uh, my name is Shane Masterson. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your day and make sure to tune in next time. Thank you.